Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. When I scheduled this podcast last week with my upcoming guest, Joe Shad, it looked like we'd be having a fun conversation about the surging Miami Dolphins, their electric offense, and their lightning rod quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. Unfortunately, after the events of Thursday night, it looks like we'll be having a much more serious discussion after Tua was slung to the ground and hospitalized during Thursday night's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Just three days removed from an injury said to be back and not concussion-related against the Buffalo Bills, Tua was back at it. Having a good game until six foot three, three hundred forty pound Josh Tupu snapped Tua to the ground like a rag doll. By comparison, Tua is six foot one and two hundred seventeen pounds, tiny in comparison to Tupu. Fortunately, Tua was released from the hospital Friday, but there's no telling how long he might be on the sidelines. If it's too long, a once promising season might go by the wayside for the Dolphins. But maybe it won't. We'll have to see what Joe has to say. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post knows the Dolphins as well as anyone. Aside from talking Tua, we'll discuss this weekend's game against the Jets while also looking back at their first loss of the season to Cincinnati. Joe, welcome back to the podcast, and I hope you and your family made it through the storm okay last week. We did, just a little bit of uh, tree and plant damage, but uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to all of those who uh, you know lost their homes or had significant damage, especially in the uh, southwest portion of Florida. Yeah, I think South Florida probably got more rain than they expected because that thing stayed south. And where I am in Brevard County, the eye passed over us. So it was eerie. We got a break for about four hours. And then the backside of the storm came in and it was almost as bad as overnight. And that's when it started ripping down the biggest tree in my backyard. But we made it through. But yeah, like like you say, you know, our, our hearts go out to those people over in Fort Myers and Naples. No doubt. Uh, I guess the Dolphins were on the road, so that, that was fortunate that uh, they were not, the weather was not a factor for the Dolphins. Yeah, definitely. So let's start there. I mean, you know, they were out of town on that Thursday night playing the Bengals, but, you know, unfortunately, you have that terrible injury to Tua. So let's just get right into that. You were talking about there's a press conference on Monday where Mike McDaniel will be talking about this a little bit. But, you know, I imagine Tua will be sitting and, and will be starting uh, Teddy Bridgewater this Sunday. But what are you hearing right now? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you have to imagine the Dolphins are going to uh, play this as cautiously as possible. I mean, you're always going to be cautious when it comes to a concussion or a head injury. Um, you know, the average uh, length of time uh, that an NFL quarterback missed last season after sustaining concussion was one or two games. So since the Dolphins have uh, three extra days with that Thursday game, Certainly, the two would be expected to miss at least one game, if not two, and then we'll see uh, where where we go from there. Gosh, you know, after that Bills injury, where where they said that it was a back locking up, but you know the way his eyes looked and the way he looked, obviously, it looked a lot different to just about everyone else, unless you were affiliated with the Dolphins. So, you know, when you think about that, and then this hit he took, and you see the hands lock up. You know, would it surprise you if he had to miss longer than that? Or, you know, do you think that they're just trying? How are they going to manage this guy's health? Because obviously they want him out there. But at the same time, I mean, you can't keep trotting him out there and letting him get injured like that. Well, keep in mind that Tunga Vailoa also has an acknowledged back and ankle injury. Um, So, you know, this is a guy who's who's banged up. He certainly had injuries throughout his college and pro career. So just in general... In my opinion, it makes sense to uh, you know shut them down for a while. And the Dolphins are fortunate that they have a very capable backup in Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, you know finished twelfth in the NFL in passer rating last season and is sixth among career active NFL quarterbacks in completion percentage. So this is a guy who's uh, you know very capable. Yeah, and the schedule definitely works in their favor. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's stay right there with Teddy Bridgewater. He looked pretty good in filling in for Tua despite the loss. And, you know, but you also have to wonder once Bridgewater, let's say he were to get hurt, you've got a rookie in Skylar Thompson, but he looked pretty good in the preseason. So talk about Bridgewater and the now backup Skylar Thompson. Teddy Bridgewater did not have a great spring and summer. Those who know Teddy say that he's often more of a gamer than a practice player. That's been the course of his career, how he's sort of handled things. Um, you know, people say, well, he's sort of a check down Charlie, uh, you know, takes the safe passes. But it is true that he threw the ball more than 60 air yards in the Dolphins last game, completing a pass to Tyreek Hill. Uh, so he clearly has enough arm in the same way. Tua Tungavaloa has enough arm to at least get it out there to a Tyreek Hill. And then keep in mind, Teddy Bridgewater had two concussions last year, including one that ended his season. So it's important that the Dolphins made the smart decision of keeping Skylar Thompson, the undrafted rookie from Kansas State, on the roster as the third quarterback. He led all NFL quarterbacks in passer rating during the preseason and, and looked really good. And it's obviously a different story. Uh, you know, ask Bailey Zappi, the uh, Patriots rookie who had to come in unexpectedly as the third quarterback against the Packers on Sunday. It's a different deal uh, if you're thrust into a National Football League regular season game on a Sunday afternoon, even if it is against the Jets, for example. But Skylar Thompson is, uh, you know, certainly a developmental project that the Dolphins are fortunate to have. He has a, a strong arm and plenty of confidence. 
Yeah, that's something you never want to see is getting to your third string quarterback. So, you know, for them right now, I'm sure they're going to do their best to protect Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, part of that is the offensive line, which was a lot better. You know, before Tua got hurt last week, I was actually doing some research for this podcast and I was just looking at how good Teron Armstead had been. So, you know, talk a little bit about him. I mean, that was a big offseason signee. Last year, the offensive line was historically bad and they've been so much better. And I think it starts with him. So talk about that line and the protection and just what Armstead's meant to this team. Yeah, Armstead is... um everything uh you know people said well Tua Tungavaloa is a left-handed quarterback and so how does it make sense to spend that much money on a left tackle when that's not the blind side but uh uh he is a consummate professional guy who has also been injured throughout his career and so uh you know he's been outstanding and Greg Little has been decent at the right tackle position filling an inch for an injured Austin Jackson. So the Dolphins offensive line is uh, certainly improved and uh, you know, they're they're they've been much better at uh, you know, preventing sacks, obviously to a tongue of Aloha needs to uh, if, and when he returns needs to do a better job of getting rid of the football and not taking hits. He, he obviously has taken a few too many hits throughout his career, uh, including, uh, you know, the last two games. Yeah, it's definitely something these young quarterbacks need to learn is just how quickly that they do need to get that hand out or that ball out of their hand. Because, I mean, watching the Jaguars play the Eagles, you know, obviously you saw Trevor Lawrence fumble a lot, but he was also holding on to the ball a little bit too long. And I think some of these second and third year quarterbacks who are still, you know, getting used to the speed of the game, that's something that, you know, they're, they're going to get rocked unless they can do that. So, um, you know, that that's obviously a big thing. But when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he clearly leaned on Tyreek Hill. He finished that Bengals game with 10 catches for 160 yards, but Jalen Waddell only had the two catches. You know, can Bridgewater share that ball around the way Tua was? Because Tua was so good at using all of these different guys. You know, is Bridgewater going to become a little bit too predictable? You know, is he a little bit more limited or can he get all of these guys involved or will they lean on the run game more? Yeah, I mean, both quarterback, both quarterbacks, Tua Tungvaloa and Teddy Bridgewater, have been described by skeptics as limited uh, throughout their career because, you know, they don't have huge arms per se. They're not necessarily, you know, drive the ball down the field kind of guys. But the Dolphins have so many talented weapons. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Dolphins schedule does soften a little bit. And so... Um, you know, I believe Teddy will be fine. I believe the Dolphins will be competitive for however many games Tua does have to miss. And, uh, you know, as long as Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and Mike Isecki are all available, uh, you have to imagine that the Dolphins are going to be competitive offensively. They do need to show improvement in the ground game. They've had a few important runs uh, in over the course of the first four games, but certainly more consistency in the running game would be uh, helpful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you saw a couple of weeks ago where uh, Chase Edmonds, I, I think he had, what, about 25 or 26 yards, but he had two touchdowns. So, you know, you definitely need to kind of ride him and Raheem Mostert more and, and definitely get some more yardage there. So, 
you know, let, let's look at that Jets game because, you know, the Jets, surprising at 2-2, two and two, haven't played great, but they also haven't played great competition. Zach Wilson returned from the injured list last week, threw one touchdown but two interceptions, but he really played better later in that game. I was kind of keeping an eye on the Jets in the background, having grown up a Jets fan, and, uh, you know, they, they come back and pull off that win. They're a three-and-a-half-point dog to the Dolphins. So, you know, just break down this game a little bit, how they'll be able to prepare for Zach Wilson and how you think this one might go. You know, the Jets are not as bad a team as, uh, you know, some thought entering the season. You could argue that the Patriots are now clearly the the fourth best team in the AFC East. And of course, there are only four teams in the AFC East. So you hate to see that. You you feel very bad for Bill Belichick. Uh, I'm I'm kidding, of course. Um, (laughs) But listen, the Jets have, you know, talent, uh, talent at the uh, skill positions, receiver and running back and some good pass rushers and cover guys and, and blitzers. So it certainly figures to be an interesting game and certainly more interesting with Tua out. Looking forward to seeing Zach Wilson play. And, uh, you know, he has the things that people say Tua maybe doesn't in terms of the lightning quick release and the strong arm and and the, you know, the, the super swagger and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's always interesting when the Dolphins and Jets get together. The Dolphins have been underdogs in three of the first four weeks. They will be favored, of course, to win Sunday's game. And it is interesting to see the Dolphins sitting atop the AFC, uh, you know, overall through four games. And to see Tua Tungavailoa, and we don't know when he'll return, but it should be noted, leading the National Football League in passer rating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we should also notice that there's another really good quarterback on the Jets. He's one for one on the year with a touchdown, and that's Braxton Berrios, who threw that fun touchdown to Zach Wilson. So you better watch out for that. Wilson's also a receiving threat, and and Berrios has an arm there. He does. Um, You know, uh, unfortunately, I won't be in New York uh, for Sunday's game in the New York, New Jersey area. I wish I was. Uh, still recovering from two eye surgeries. Um, and so I'll miss a chance to see my family. Uh, you know, it is, I, I did grow up in a household uh, of, of New York Jets fans. I'm not ashamed to admit that. It certainly doesn't jade my reporting in any way. But <laughs> I think that the point that I'd like to make is that everyone is better off when the Dolphins and Jets are both good. And uh, I think back to the days of Ken O'Brien and Dan Marino and Wesley Walker and Al Toon and Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. And I was at that game actually as a kid, the, the one where uh, there was a, just a shootout at the Meadowlands. And I think it was something like 52 to 45 or something. And, uh, you know, from an offensive fireworks perspective, the Dolphins offense is much improved. The Jets offense appears to be improved. And so it makes for a much more, uh, you know, interesting and fun and exciting battle. Yeah, when you look at that schedule, now let's talk about that a little bit. So let's say you you do have Bridgewater for a little while. After going to the Jets, you have the Vikings coming into Miami, and then you have the Steelers who are struggling come into Miami. You have the Lions, you go to Detroit, they have a lot of offense, but they don't really be able to, they can't really stop anybody. So I'm not sure if they can stop Hill and Waddle and those guys. And But then you get the Bears who, uh, you know, they've got a couple of wins that are ugly and, and they you know, just look terrible this past Sunday. And then you have the Browns, who are a pretty good team. You know, they've got Nick Chubb, so he's always a threat. So, you know, even with Bridgewater, if you get through that, what, four and two, maybe five and one, do you think they can be that good? 
Yeah, I mean, look, the Dolphins, many thought that they would be fortunate to get through the first two weeks, two and two. Some might have even signed on for one and three. Um, you know, you got to be careful over assessing the softness of a schedule. I think the New York Mets, and a, again, I'm a native New Yorker, I'm a New York Mets fan. They learned a hard lesson because, you know, they're probably not going to win the National League East, not because they were swept by the Braves, but because they maybe let the gas off the pedal a little bit uh, when when it was being said and written that the, the schedule was softening for them. So you certainly have to be careful with that. Um, you know, each situation is different. Each quarterback matchup is different. In watching the NFL, you know, including on Sunday, obviously I was had a chance to watch more games because the Dolphins weren't playing, having played on Thursday. You realize just how many NFL teams are unhappy with their quarterback situations. There are, there are really only like, you know, eight teams maybe where you could say, wow, they're really happy their quarterback situation. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, every, most every team is trying to figure out, you know, do they have it settled? Is their guy good enough? One thing that I thought was interesting, and again, I know some people say, well, all we should be talking about with Tua right now is, is his head injury. And I understand that that is important. And I'm certainly looking forward to the NFL and NFLPA's investigation concluding. We want to know exactly what happened in their assessment of Tua returning to the field and being cleared to play in, in, in the most recent game as well. But listen, we can't overlook the fact that he's had success on the field while playing. And so have two other Alabama quarterbacks. It turns out that Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavaloa, and Matt Jones are 1-2-3. and 1-2-3 and three in the National Football League in passing yards per attempt so uh you know someone get willie joe willie namath on the phone uh (laughs) apparently alabama is a passing school they have become a passing school that's for sure in the last few years you know Tua, he's he's six foot one 217 pounds and that guy josh tupu six foot three 340 pounds just threw him to the ground like he was a rag doll i mean get how often do you see a quarterback slung around that easy? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, Josh Allen's not getting brought down like that. A lot of guys aren't getting brought down like that. He's, you know, one of the slightest frame quarterbacks. I mean, there's it's just not a whole lot you can do when a guy that size breaks through, is there? No. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of quarterbacks get hurt. You saw the, all the quarterbacks who were sidelined on Sunday due to concussion protocol. And obviously the NFL is going to be a lot more cautious with that. But he's not the biggest guy. Tua. He's not constructed like Justin Herbert. And so it's something he's going to have to, um, you know, deal with throughout his career. He's not Michael Vick. He's not Lamar Jackson to where he can utilize tremendous speed to sort of get himself out of bounds, scramble out of trouble and slide. You know, he's got decent mobility, but he's not a guy who's going to use athletic explosiveness. And so it is a fact that he's not, you know, 6'4", 235, and he also doesn't have 4'3 speed, and he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. So it's not a criticism. It's just a fact that in order to reach his potential as a fifth overall draft pick in the NFL draft, he's going to have to excel everything else, accuracy, ball placement, decision-making, leadership, all those things. And no, it's a shame he got injured because he really was excelling in, in many of those categories through the first three weeks. 
Yeah, that Bills game was so incredibly exciting. I, you know, I was glued to the end of that game. And when you look at the AFC East, you know, first and foremost, I can't remember the last time you saw the Dolphins in first place and the Patriots in last place. You know, but also when you look at the last time the Dolphins even won a playoff game, it was December of two thousand. Do you remember where you were, Joe, in December of two thousand? Oh, uh, let's see. So I was born in seventy four. So I was. 25 turning 26 years old in 2000. Um, I covered the University of Florida Gators in Gainesville, I think 98, 99, 2000. So I think 2000 might have been, was that like Rock Berlin, Florida Gators? I have to look it up. Uh, let's see who the, the Florida Gators. So I was covering the Florida Gators probably for the Orlando Sentinel. I know at some point the Gators played a bowl game in New Orleans. At some point the Gators played a bowl game in Miami. And I, I covered both of those. So I did enjoy living in Gainesville. That was a wonderful time. Four years in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, didn't have to go to class. <laughs> well, you know, that that's when you and I, our, our paths met just briefly sometime it was probably in the fall of 99 or early 2000 when you were covering the gators you had come by the florida alligator office i was still a student journalist so in december of 2000 i was only six months out of college when the dolphins were winning their last playoff game and i was working at the villages daily sun have you ever been down to the villages lovely area i have and is that what they made the movie about uh, that I'm not sure, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. They they encompass. Isn't that the like extremely large community for retirees down in South Florida? It's actually uh, between Leesburg and Ocala, and it encompasses three counties that cover. Let's see, I believe if I remember correctly, Marion and Lake County, and what's the other one down there? Uh, Sumter County. So the villages is a giant retirement area. That, uh, in fact, it was the first place I ever saw people driving golf carts on the road as if they were vehicles. And now that's very common across Florida. But, you know, way back 22 years ago, people driving around in 57 Chevy golf carts and things like that. So I thought that was unique. But interesting area. I got to cover Gator football while down there, though. So in the 2000 season, Steve Spurrier led the Gators to a 10-3 and record. The Gators played the Miami Hurricanes in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. I happened to be out on the street uh, when the Canes and the Dolphins ran into each other on Bourbon Street, ended up in a brawl, ended up following <laughs> Alex Brown to the local police station. Um, yeah, Jesse Palmer. I think Rex Grossman was benched for missing curfew. Jesse Palmer and Brock Berlin were also on that um, on that roster, so... Yeah, good old days. <laughs> now, there's a quarterback right there. If you could take two as accuracy and put it into Anthony Richardson's body, then you might have a prototype quarterback. But we need Anthony Richardson to work a little bit on that accuracy because he's got a big arm. Not quite going where it needs to go a lot, though. So Florida played Miami on January 2nd, 2001. And that um, playoff game that you referenced was December of 2000. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So that was the Lamar Smith game, the Colts? I believe that is, you know, I should have uh, written that down. But, yeah, that sounds right because then they lost the following week. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously I wasn't covering the Dolphins at that time. 
Uh, Dolphins won 11 and five in 2000 and in 2000. Wanstat was the coach. Jason Taylor, Lamar Smith, Jay Fiedler, and Orende Orende Gadsen. Yeah, yeah. The Dolphins in overtime. Forgot that. And that was a Peyton Manning led team. Yeah, Lamar Smith with the game winning 17 yard touchdown in overtime. Uh, that game was played at Pro Player Stadium, December 30th, 2000. Jim Mora was the Colts coach. Wow. Oh, boy. And now if you look at, you know, because Marino, he had been there since, what, 84 to 2000. If you look at the names that have come between him and Tua, Jay Fiedler, A.J. Feely, Gus Farratt, Joey Harrington, uh, Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, boy, the stability of a quarterback, it's such an amazing thing when you look at these guys that stick around for a decade and a half. And some of these guys, you know, gosh, they they just come and go so quick. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have been trying to get a right at quarterback for, for so long. And, uh, you know, we're all sort of hoping that it's Tua. And we're all obviously hoping at this time that he does not have any you know, long-term uh, significant impact from this uh, from this concussion. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens this Sunday because let's say if the Jets can pull off a win at home, then you're looking at the Dolphins 3-2, and two, the Jets 3-2. and two. You got to see what the Bills do. And again, the Patriots struggling down there in last place. But it's still a tight division. I mean, 3-1 and one and 1-3, one and there's only two games separating, you know, early in the season. But you know, you just have to wonder, can the Dolphins, you know, hang on? And if Tua, you know, is Tua going to be able to make it through the rest of the season, even when he comes back? Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins signed Teddy Bridgewater to a, a pretty decent contract. I think it's six and a half million dollars, knowing that at some point he was going to be injured. And it's not just because he's had injuries throughout his career. It's because every quarterback gets injured at some point. And, you know, uh, the Dolphins... There's no guarantee that with a 10 and seven record, for example, they would make it into the uh, playoffs. And so the difference between nine, 10, 11 games could be the difference between signing Teddy Bridgewater or not. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays with a week of full-time practice as the starter. Obviously, uh, you know, when he entered for the first time a few games ago, uh, he didn't look great, but you know, to be fair, uh, you know, he had not, he didn't have any clue he was going in, you know, and so he was a little prepared, you know, last week, knowing that especially with the ankle and back injuries, he could be forced into action. Yeah. And, you know, definitely having the extra couple of days since they played on Thursday, he has a little bit of extra practice time with the first team. So we'll just have to see how it goes. The Palm Beach Post, palmbeachpost.com. They have a live blog that goes on as the game goes on. Those numbers have been rising, Joe. And there's you, there's Hal Habib. And, you know, is Hal going to, uh, Hal's going to be up there in New York this weekend? Yeah, I actually think Hal and Tom D'Angelo, I think we're going to send two. Oh, there you go. Well, even better. You can get double the coverage. So, you know, where can people also follow along if they want to find on social media? Yeah, Shad Joe, S-C-H-A-D-J-O-E on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm going to try to give more attention to the Instagram account. So check that out. Do me a favor and follow it. Uh, Shad Joe on Instagram. 
All right. And, you know, one other question before I let you go there, Joe. We didn't really talk about the defense. You know, the defense didn't play great against the Bills. And, you know, of course, they didn't look very good against the Bengals. So where is this defense right now and how have injuries impacted them? Yeah, um, you know, Xavier Howard was unable to complete the last game uh, due to a, I think it was a groin and a glute injury. Um, and we'll see if Byron Jones is able to return. He's technically allowed to return against the Jets after having missed four games, recovering from a lower leg injury and off-season surgery. So, um, you know, the Dolphins really in, in the area of pass defense in particular uh, need to be better. They need to be better than they've been over the first four games. And the Dolphins defense in general should be expected to create more turnovers, uh, you know, more interceptions, more sack fumbles. Um, you know, I've seen a couple of key plays, Marv, uh, Melvin Ingram involved in a few of them. He was the AFC's defensive player of the month for September. So we do expect more from the Dolphins defense. Javon Holland and J- Jalen Phillips, the youngsters, um, are coming on. But I think they're going to be even better in October and November. There you go. We know that Zach Wilson is definitely prone to being a little reckless with the ball. He's got a little bit of that Brett Favre in him where he thinks he can make every throw. And quite often it it goes to the other team. So, you know, I'm sure Dolphins fans are going to be hoping that that happens. Joe, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we let you go? No, just that, uh, you know, we're certainly wishing and hoping that uh, Tua Tungvaluwa, you know, does not have a significant uh, concussion. Obviously, there's, uh, concussions affect everybody in a different way. There's no such thing as an insignificant concussion, but uh, we hope that he is able to return to the field at some point here. And and uh, I think it's good that the National Football League is in agreement with the NFLPA making some changes to the wording of the concussion clauses, basically saying, look, if a guy hits his head and he shows signs of motor instability, stumbling, etc., uh, it really doesn't matter if you're going to say that there's some other reason that's the primary cause. They, the player is sidelined for the game at least. And I think that's a really good change. Obviously, Tua would have been removed from that Bills game and, uh, you know, wouldn't have been able to lead the comeback uh, that, that he did against the Bills in a key AFC East game. But I think we all agree that uh, we've come a long way in terms of head injuries and precautions and, uh, you know, when in doubt, play it safe. Yeah, well, if there's one thing that did come out of that late game, though, Joe, is, uh, you know, the, the butt fumble has now been replaced by the butt punt. Yeah, uh, I guess the, the, the word is that the personal protector, Trent Sherfield, shouldn't have backed up. If he hadn't, that's the key. If you don't back up, you don't get kicked in the butt. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about it because he got kicked with a football by a guy that normally boots a ball like, 60 yards that had to hurt having that ball kicked right into his tuchus yeah Tyree Kill said that he believes that Sherfield could have caught the ball with his butt cheeks which really is one of the reasons why we love having Tyree Kill on the Dolphins because he's just uh, hilarious an absolute quote machine well Joe I appreciate it thank you as always and you know it, we'll be talking to you later in the season and uh potentially looking for that first playoff win in 22 years thanks for having me man all right and that's going to do it for this episode of the state of florida sports podcast i'm tim walters and this week i'll end with a quote from dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, who says anywhere you go 
you're gonna have to compete. In life, you're gonna go get a job. You're gonna have to compete with the next person. We hope to see you competing again real soon, Tua, and join us again next time. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.